0: Hello, that was loud. Hello. Dear listener, welcome to Charity Chat. My name is Samuel Davies. I am your host, and in this episode I spoke to Nikki Wynne, the managing director of Global Fund for Children UK Trust. And Nikki and I had a good conversation, um, talking mainly about how the uh, Global Fund for Children UK Trust work with hundreds of charities all around the world. To deliver fantastic projects that help children all around the world and um, this was a very interesting uh, topic i'm particularly interested in international development a lot of people are interested in uh, how other countries in the world operate and how most needy people in our world um, benefit from the work of ngos and uh, nikki was able to shed some light on that and how they Have been very successful in uh, the projects they've been running over many many years but uh, also it was interesting from the point of view of how charities can actually apply and work with the uh, Global Fund for Children UK Trust and um, so if you're interested if you work for a charity you may find some uh, interesting opportunities from listening to this podcast but uh, I'll let you listen to it and make your own minds up so uh, here's the podcast. I'd like to say hello to Nikki Wynn, Managing Director of Global Fund for Children UK Trust.
1: Hello It's um, nice to talk to you today.
0: Thank you very much, welcome to Charity Chat. Thank you. For this show we're talking about how charities work with other charities to deliver and, and give greater impact to um, the people they're trying to help and this is what you guys do, this is the core of your work mm. isn't it?
1: Um, I mean, the reason I do, I've only been with Global Fund for Children UK Trust for about three months now, yeah. so I'm new to this arena, um, I've worked in international fundraising for about 28 years yeah. um, at that decision-making senior management level, um, but what attracted me to Global Fund for Children as a global concept, because mm-hmm. we work regionally um, in 48 countries, um, is the fact that our model is a partnership model. We, we operate by raising money to then work collegiately with grassroots partners in the field, all connected to, ju- to differing concerns with children, mm-hmm. um, and those that are unfunded and unseen, um, but they are doing wonderful work. So we'll, we'll work with them for up to eight years. We will give them unrestricted funding, and we will work with them very closely in the local environment on um, capacity building. So everything from fundraising mm. to making sure you've got a van to making sure you've got accounts going well to making sure that your infrastructure is completely in line with you and the way that you're trying to work so that you can do as much effective work with the children as
0: possible. And it sounds like sustainability is a big part of that. If you worked with them for eight years...
1: Yeah, very much so. Right. Grassroots sus- sustainability, bottom-up support. So it works from the region, in the region, with that culture.
0: Fantastic. And I suppose that, for, for listeners, that might go back to some of adverts that they might have seen years ago about give a man a net rather than give him a fish. So you're helping people to, to actually um, help themselves over time. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, another reason why I chose to work for GFC, Global Fund for Children, mm. is because we're very light. So, you know, it's very easy to say, give the man a fish. But if you're part of a huge, big fundraising machine, um, where the cogs turn very slowly mm. by the time you've got the net over to the guy that needs to fish the fish have all gone sure so what we do is we're very small we're going to retain our, our size we won't grow very large and mm. um, because it's about impact on the ground right. so it's who locally on the ground will be the quickest to help you fish for that fish
0: right okay it's good it's good analogy to use, I think wasn't it? it's a good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In terms of the criteria that you guys use to determine what is a a viable project or a viable charity to work with, that sounds is that going is you know if you if you're moving quickly is that a very complex um, metric to use or, or how do, how do you do it?
1: I mean, so we've we've got the advantage that we've been doing it for 25 years, sure. so we've learnt from our uh, challenges over the years how to become much more effective. Mm. So, we're known on the ground in all these countries. Yeah. They, they trust us. So, we've reached a point in our own evolution where um, we're much better at identifying local projects. Um, they either come to us, we've got certain criteria, they fill out a form, if they, they have to be an NGO, so they're government-recognised, mm-hmm. um, and the work that they're doing you know, has to be effective. With the kids that they're doing it with, whatever the the theme, whether it's gender um, equality or whether it's education, whether it's sex trafficking, whatever it is, they must be experts at what they're doing.
0: And they need to demonstrate the impact, I suppose. We we do that with them because
1: impact measurement has become such a complex. Concern that it can actually actually overwhelm small NGOs that are right. doing effective work. Mm. So we have become the experts in impact measurement work. Okay. So we will deliver that impact measurement. But again, talking about partnerships because when I was looking, when I when when um, Aisha said to me, "I'm going to meet Sam. We're going to talk about partnerships." I was looking at it from a, a three prong perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got your internal partnerships. Yeah. Uh, in a charity that is both national or, and/or international, mm. you need to have your partnerships internally, then organisationally, which is what we're talking about right now. Yeah. So we've got organisational partnerships because we wouldn't be Global Fund for Children without our par- our grassroots partners. Sure. We are our 210 partners. That's who we are. Wow. They and are. Is
0: that essentially the projects that that you're working with? The, the uh, annually, with? yes. Wow, that's incredible.
1: Yeah. Um, so we are our partners. Mm. They define us. We, are, we learn from them, and we figure out how to be more effective for them.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Again, emphasis being bottom up. The learning has been like a lot of charities. They start from a good place mm. in another country. Sure. It tends to be a country that's more fortunate. Mm. So you've got time to think about those that are lef- less fortunate. Yeah. Now what we're doing is we're transferring that to make sure that our partners on the ground who have become more secure because they've been with us for eight years Mm. are now leader partners. So our organisational leadership starts actually being more effective on the ground because our partners become partners of the next leaders.
0: So they're, they're informing on how you then deal with future
1: Absolutely, projects, and funds. they will help us identify future projects okay. or because they're in that field, they're in that country, right? And they've learned by being with us about their own mistakes, about their impact measurement, about what they need to achieve, mm-hmm. how they're growing. You know, are they fundraising? Are they fundraising effectively? So all of those learnings mm. um, that are invaluable in a small NGO are now being transferred. Uh, into uh, knowledge exchanges with other partners. Wow. That then brings me into the third aspect of partnership. Mm-hmm. So you've got your internal partnerships making sure that you internally are not working in silo mm-hmm. whether you're working here in London and you might have an entity in Scotland or England or Ireland or Wales or whether you've got an entity in Europe or, or Hong Kong or Nigeria or anywhere else in the world so sure. how do you avoid working in silo mm. so that's the internal mm. side organizationally that's when you we define our partners and we are defined by our partners and our the success of our partners helping other potential future partners right the third element is the overall partnerships when we've now we, we are we're in a partnership with the stars foundation mm. the stars foundation includes comic relief oh, right. so that's when we become a partner mm to inform on a higher level, on a more... Uh, a
0: strategic level. A,
1: a, a strategic and kind of when you're looking at policy change, mm-hmm. when you're le- looking at UN level policy change. Right, okay. So that's when partnerships are, are layered mm-hmm. and multifaceted. Mm-hmm. And, and they come into whether it's a partnership on the ground, whether yeah. it's a partnership in your own organisation, mm-hmm. whether it's a partnership at UN level, how do and then how do all these partnerships work together so yeah. that you're growing and growing and making because that partnership is actually like a strong foundation that just builds you can't see my hands moving here but i'm building <laughs>
0: <laughs> so in terms of the once you've got your your Obviously, you've built these partnerships over many, mm. many years at these three different levels, mm. and then you know. But how do you how do you keep going as a charity? Is it that you've, you're getting external funding, or are you also getting funds back from the partners part, you know, on the ground that you've been working with? How does that work?
1: So, up until now, we we never uh, claim back any money. We never claw back any funds that from our char- the charities that we work with, mm. um, and we we tend to give unrestricted funding. We also invest in them by undertaking things like knowledge exchanges mm. with external partners such as corporate companies. So the corporate okay. companies begin to get involved in knowledge exchanges. One of our partners is Grant Thornton. Oh, um, really? Another partner is Estee Lauder. Right. Um, and they're very proactive. Um, so we've not seen any need or any benefit from reclaiming funds. Mm. Now, us as an organisation and... Every charity is now looking at itself in a far different way than it used to, because funding is changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, corporate the corporate pool of funding has become a lot smaller. Marketing departments no longer just give out funds the way that they used to. I used to able, but I you know in my past. Um, I was able to bring in 2.5 million just through corporate sponsorship wow. in a different role. Yeah. That kind of level of funding is not there anymore. Sure. It's there for F1, it's not there for the charities. Sure, sure. Um, so it's, uh, so how we're looking at our, the development of our own funding structure mm. is, we, is that the, the normal portfolio, which is trusts and foundations, um, partnership funding, corporate funding, high net individual, low level individual, Mm. um, and challenges, and campaigns, and appeals. So that's how we look at our general funding pool. Mm -hmm. But what we're now doing, and what all charities are having to do, is rethink how are we fundraising. Mm. So we're looking at partnership fundraising a lot more, we're looking at social enterprise a lot more, Um, and with social enterprise comes that whole concept of do you take up money to then give certain money back? Do sure. we do we start looking at that? It's like um,
0: microcredit and things micro-credit, like that. Microcredit, absolutely. Yeah. And
1: then th- the other element is the multi channeling. Right. Tapping into social media, podcasts. How do how does this all work? Because mm. the the whole crown of funding concept has now been completely saturated. Yeah. Um, that's you know donor fatigue is becoming a far swifter fi- swifter process than it ever was before. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact that we've got this concept, this unique US, this USP, this unique selling point, where we actually have all of these grassroots partners. So mm-hmm. I think it's far more. How do we align with our grassroots partners so that they benefit and we benefit and we are able to increase our pool of funding so that we can then help others and help more.
0: There are charities listening to this podcast, which hopefully there are listeners, um, and they're thinking, you know, we'd really like to get involved with these guys. Mm. What can they do? What? How? How should they approach you to? to I mean I don't know if that It's very easy on the table, I
1: mean it's we it's very easy to approach global fund for children when yeah. we have a you know if if they're coming to us because they want to talk to us about the potential of funding a small NGO mm-hmm. globally um, and we do cover every single country in the world that's appropriate Sure. you know if 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 that country's already got a big Uh, save the children's presence we wouldn't we you know you don't go where others are already working you go where the need is most yes um and you know we work across uk europe uh east asia russia everywhere um but we go where the need is most and where the the funders are not funding Mm. other funders are not funding Mm. um so if someone listening wants to speak to us because they are wanting to look at any potential funding they might receive, they need to fill out the form, they go on our website, uh, www.globalfundforchildren.org, and they will find that there's a form there that they can fill out, and there's a process to go through, and that goes to our programme team. Um, And the programme team looks regionally. Now, if someone's listening, and they want to come and talk to us because they've got philanthropic investment they want to make, I'm here! (laughs) (laughs) My name's Nikki Wynne. And you can easily find me on our website as well. Uh, so you know, by all means, feel free to do that. And then, if it's a char- charity looking to partner with us because they're already working in a country mm. and they think it would be advantageous to become a partner of ours, again, drop us an, drop us an email via our website. You know, um, to get to the UK website, it's www.globalfundforchildren.org.uk. Fantastic. Um, so you know, w- we're always here to listen and learn. Um, and give talks and inspire mm. and be inspired because we've all got to work together. Brilliant. And that's what makes change.
0: Kenneth, yeah, we've got listeners uh, to this show who are thinking, you know, our charity, how can we work with other charities, whether it's you or whether it's a different area, are there kind of are there standard tips, advice that you would give to charities before you know, in, in investigating
1: that. Um, I mean, it was interesting because I worked uh, when I was working in Singapore. I, uh, with a different charity, we were looking at how we would develop our audience base and how we would make a game changer event. Um, and our selling point wasn't really, it didn't tug the heartstrings so well, mm. but we had a very strong support base in our field. Um, so. When we had a connection that our president was a pr- the president of another charity. Right. So we used that connection to speak to another charity and say, "Okay, we're about to do this big event. It's mm. going to be a game changer for us over in Singapore. Um, it's going to be very prestigious. We want to we want to get as much press as possible. But we know that we won't hit the target press that you can hit right. because you're far more accessible to lots of people's emotions. Okay. Um, Interesting. So." We analysed that actually if we worked together, Mm. we would reach a wider audience um, and we would therefore gain more success publicity because we'd be seen to be working together. But there had to be some sort of connection. So our connection was the president. Okay. Um, So when when charities are looking at working with other charities, either it's Mm cause-related, so it's very advantageous to learn from each other and not repeat the same projects because let's face it the world needs more help yeah children need more help let's not don't if you're doing it we shouldn't do it where you're doing it Mm. let's learn from each other let's work together Um. but you know if there's if there's opportunities because there's a connection between a board member or a president or something that enables you to think well actually we're going to do this event let's let's share the benefits because Mm. the one thing that that is happening more and more as people are looking at their purse strings and they're getting st- getting tighter there's more asks going on in the world mm. um, make a, a unified ask Yeah. if you give a donation your donation will go to these five charities mm. now someone is far more likely to give a donation that they know will go to five charities that ticks their boxes sure. than one because people are looking at, at cohesion and partnerships mm. and that's what the donor is looking for. That's what the yeah. donor, whether they're a statutory grant funder or whether they're Joe Blogs and, and, J- and Janet Blogs in the street, Yeah. they're looking to see their money go further.
0: And the value, I suppose. And the value. I, I mean, I've seen um, first-hand, I've seen uh, trusts where, you know, they're, they're asking for charities to um, approach them, you know, in tandem to, mm. you know, provide greater value and so yeah. and i suppose there are situations or maybe examples where you know there's a, a, a big need and you know one charity can't deliver the you know and fulfill that complete need whether it's you know poverty alleviation you know we need someone that can provide education someone that can provide jobs someone can, you know all these different yeah. things so working together i suppose in those scenarios makes a lot of sense
1: i mean it? i was w- in a different charity i was working on a diabetic project mm. that stretched between the uk and palestine Blimey. And um, we were working between the UK, Brussels, and Palestine. Yeah. And we worked with doctors, hospitals, research units, and other charities. And that was the only way that we could actually pull in the income. Mm. But even stronger than that, that was the only way that we would have the expertise to carry out the project.
0: Yeah.
1: Because. You know your infrastructure is is small and, and it should retain its its um, level of um, flexibility staff and, and etc. Okay, because sure. because you know you you don't want to suddenly invest in a research arm when there's mm. research already been done out there. Absolutely. I mean, uh, interesting. Given that impact is such a big word at the moment, mm. um, I was at a very good conference uh, called Elevate a Child recently and a lot of the conversation was on impact Mm. and it was really good because it was different funders or funding bodies Mm. coming together and sharing their expertise and suddenly you realise that Oxford University has got a massive research programme going on right now on impact measurements. So why would you as a charity Go and look for funding to do that impact measurement mm. when it's already been done. Yeah. Access it somewhere else and make that research real. So charities have to be smart. You have to think smart, mm. specific, mm. measurable actions, task-related, <laughs> and whatever I'm else. I'm impressed you are.
0: that you remember them all. Yeah, <laughs> I never um, remember them. Yeah. So
1: you know, think smart. Yeah. Um, because then you are actually utilising your own resources, but you're showing that you are. You know, you're not there for your own gain to mm. be a bigger charity. Mm. That's that's purposeless. You're there to make a difference to the, the area of work that you're in.
0: Finding these common goals and finding potential partners, I mean, obviously, from, this, from what you say, the um, Global Fund for Children UK Trust, you've obviously got this... Uh, Metric or this, you know, this this um, kind of scenario base where you you can look for the kind of partners that you're looking for. But in terms of you know, are there are there events that charities can go to that you're aware of, or are there other kind of um, environments that charities should be looking at to understand you know where the um, where there are other charities they could potentially work with? I yeah, if, of course. Yeah.
1: So I mean, obviously it depends on your the, the theme sure. that you're working yeah. in. But two automatic resources to go to to even find things out if you don't know anything is Directory Social Change and Institute of Fundraising. Sure, they're they're there or Charity Commission. Yeah. You know, there's three rocks that are the kind of rocks within the charity world of where do I go to start with? Mm. Um, now because we are uh, we are Global Fund for Children, we're networked into all the all the different entities that are working with kids. Um, you know, we, we do our research. We OK, what's going on right now? Mm. And then suddenly you find that you're part of a, a, an enriching network um, where you learn so much from each other and you're giving back to each other. And um, so, yeah, we, you know, Elevate a Child, STARS Foundation, that's all connected to children and the global environment. And yeah. um, But, you know, within every uh, charitable, Theme. Hmm. There will always be networking opportunities. I mean, my advice is often to look for your own networking opportunities where there's going to be fundraising possibilities. Hmm. So you know, hmm. uh, who are your clients? Who's giving you money? And um, how can you get into some networking opportunities via those clients?
0: Absolutely. And I suppose in some cases trustees are used for that as well, aren't they? And, Absolutely. And, uh, and things. <laughs> Within the partnerships that you work, mm. is there a way of helping to develop the, the knowledge within those um, organisations? Um, so their staff, you know, other mm. NGO workers, volunteers are there, are there things that is that part of your remit?
1: So we've developed what we've what we've called two programs. One is knowledge exchange, mm-hmm. where we bring um, through conferencing or networking or workshops we bring partners that are at a certain point they tend to be at the four to six year point Mm -hmm. we bring them together so that that, you know representatives from these partnerships together to work on a certain theme a subject so i was i was had the great fortune of being at one in mumbai recently Mm -hmm. um, and we looked at leadership what did it mean to be a leader of that ngo you know what what were you dealing with as a leader and how Mm. could you be supported and how could you feel the support from the others in at the workshop because often when you're a leader and particularly in harrowing environments where you know you're dealing with kids that have been traumatized either mm. because they're a refugee or they've been made an orphan or, or they've had some terrible situation happen to them yeah um so as a leader you're often just you know you're you're in there you're in the trenches dealing with these issues so the whole purpose of that step-up programme Mm. was to to support leaders uh, of the NGOs and say okay how do how do how can partnerships support each other so Mm. creating networks of support at all different levels so the next one that's happening will be completely focused on fundraising because every NGO goes we need to know how to get the next lot of money in
0: 'Cause they need to be sustainable. So they need, to, need to ultimately to be in a fund from, from Absolutely. themselves. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So the next one will be on fundraising. Um we work with Grant Thornton, they mm. look at um tax, they look at accountancy, they look at, you know, how can you be effective with your income streams. Right. So um yeah, so that's that's what we do in terms of Ensuring that partnerships are actually then supporting each other, mm.
0: and so you're up, you're helping to upskill people yeah. to make sure they are sustainable partnerships. Yeah, yeah? and p- then they teach products. those
1: skills to others.
0: Right, brilliant. Yeah,
1: brilliant. But whilst they're teaching, whilst you're teaching them the skills, you're learning from them. Yeah, because you know. I don't know what it's like in Guatemala. I don't know what it's like in Mumbai. I don't know what it's like in Kenya. Yeah. I don't know what it's like in Nairobi. You know, so it's suddenly, quite it's a
0: reciprocal relationship. Very in many much ways. so. Yeah, it feeds yeah. into
1: how we then develop as Global Fund for Children. And the thing is, again, because we're not a big machine, mm. we can develop. We can use that learning very quickly.
0: Right.
1: So, what have we? What do we now need to do for to be even more effective?
0: Mm. In terms of the um, reporting back then to your own funders, and and, uh, does that? feature as part of that reporting process the the kind of as again we keep talking about impact but you know the value of what you're doing and the value of what their their donation or their support has meant
1: so again it'll depend who the funder is and mm. what they want to get so if it's a more statutory trust foundation it's a different type of report than it would be to a high net individual yeah um some people may wish to go and see our, the partners in the field and mm. and see where their money's gone we, we we often will do that with our partners Um, So it'll depend, you know, client care is, it's different client care for different funders. Mm.
0: Um, Is there a risk that you'll be cut out ever as the, I suppose if you're facilitating the gift from the arguably, I don't know, trust mm. to a partner project? Is there a risk that you'll be cut out, and, and is that something that you you worry about as a charity? Or
1: so what we what we'll do with our partners is we actually encourage them and work with them to develop their own funding relationships
0: with your own funders. Yes. Oh wow, that's brilliant.
1: So it's our job to always make sure that we get the money in so mm. that we can deliver new projects. Yeah. So our 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 raison d'être is we find and fund unfunded projects or projects that are small mm. that that ten thousand pounds will make a huge impact wow, yeah. and that ten thousand pounds every year for eight years will enable them to become self-sufficient mm. self sustainable um, so when our donors have reached or our partners have reached a certain point and they're ready to become self-sustainable yeah. we move on to find others whilst and they, but they will always be one of our grassroots partners. Mm. So we'll mm. always have a relationship with them, whether it's a networking relationship, whether it's that they've become leaders in their own field and they then help us find partners. And we might pay them to help us find partners. Mm. So we always, like everybody else, are looking for money yeah. to fund work in the field. The thing that our donors know is that when they give us the money, they know where the money is going. Because mm. we follow that money, we track that money, we, we measure the impact of that mm. money. So it's not, you know, the big concern in current society, and, and it's a good concern, is money laundering. Sure. You know, they might have wasted charity money in the past. Fifty years is incredible. Mm, mm. You know, looking at EU funding, looking at UN funding, looking at any type of funding, there's been a huge waste. Yeah. You know, we all know that that in many poor countries, this corruption is part of it because people will find ways to survive. And also so
0: ill-thought-through projects, I suppose. And in some ill-thought-through cases, through where projects they haven't worked or whatever.
1: So by by making sure that the money comes via us, mm. we're able to make sure that. That ten thousand pounds, or that twenty thousand pounds, or that thirty thousand pounds has maximum impact.
0: And because you're working closely with people in those communities, then you know that it's going to where it's needed, rather yeah. than going in, as you say, as a and some, you know kind of another country, you know, people from another country going and saying you should do things this yeah, way. Yeah, no, no, how
1: you no. Do it. We we work with them. Yeah. On the ground. So here's. You know, what do you need? You need thirty thousand. What do you need to do with that thirty thousand? We need water, we need food, we need electricity. Okay. Mm. Here's your unrestricted donation. Mm. Now what we want to do is we're gonna measure that this year and if you if you if you've delivered on what your measurements are, yeah, you will then get your next grant for the next year.
0: Right.
1: So, you know, it's it's you know, here's your pay, mm. do your job.
0: Yeah.
1: You've done your job, brilliant here's the next pay.
0: So it's not patronising people in, in poorer societies or anything like that, it's quite the opposite, it's empowering. It's I suppose empowering. That's, that's what people talk about, isn't yeah. it? Yeah.
1: And the thing is, is that, you know, when there is a big machine and there is a lot of money, um, it can often disappear in all of the bureaucracy. Mm. So big machines, and I won't mention any names, sure. but you know, often big machines, they've got Teams of experts. Mm. They drive big vehicles. Yeah. Um, you know they have to then sit down and have endless meetings. Mm. That all costs money. Yeah. Whereas we go right. We're going to work with you directly in the field,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we will monitor your delivery. We will support your delivery, and we will we will work with you locally to make sure that you've got all the impact that that, that you've got, all the infrastructure that you need that you've got, all the capacity building Mm -hmm. is being done correctly, hand in hand with you in the locality.
0: And do you follow up with those after eight years you know past come and gone years ago do you st- are you still in touch with a lot of yeah, those
1: Yep, we keep partners? in touch with all of our ex-partners wow. we're actually bringing one of our ex-partners over for an event here in london which is a game-changing event for us at the saatchi art gallery wow. on the 24th of april mm-hmm. and we are bringing a street performance troupe over called tiny tunes
0: where where are they from uh, Cambodia oh, wow. Phnom Penh
1: yeah uh, and they are coming over and are, we're still in negotiation with a street troupe based in Islington yeah. at the ARC um, to try and create an education project between street kids from London and street kids from Cambodia wow. working together to do an end performance. Um, yeah, and they're, all, they're, you know, they've, they've, they're still one of our grassroots partners, but they're completely self-sufficient now. So we always keep in touch with our grassroots partners because they're part of our portfolio. Yeah. We are them; they yeah. are us.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Nikki Wynne, thank you for contributing to charity. Thank Chat. you
1: very much.
0: Okay, so there we go. That was uh, Nikki Wynne talking to me about how charities help charities and uh, on an international basis Um, so thank you very much Nikki and uh, her team for setting up the interview hopefully you enjoyed that I'd love to hear your thoughts either way and uh, you can get in touch with us through our website charitychat.org.uk we've got plenty more episodes coming up over the next few weeks we've actually got a bit of a backlog so that's a, a good position to be in and um hopefully you will uh, keep in touch you'll listen you'll enjoy your feedback we'd love to hear from you we've got lots of social media posts going on now we've got more people on the team and uh, they're much better at the social media stuff than I am so uh, we've got more of a presence so please do interact with us on social media and uh, yeah just to thank our sponsors who continue to support us we're a voluntary organization staffed by volunteers completely no money at all and so we do rely on the uh, the kindness of our supporters to uh, to keep going so they are giant squid audio lab for sponsoring our podcast kiss magda Aximate for beautiful website design which was uh, free of charge forest of fools for providing our unique soundtrack which uh, we enjoy and hopefully you do too throughout the show. And of course, RR Yard Photography for the pro bono website images that you can find on our website, charitychat.org.uk. As always with this show, there'll be some source links that support the information that we put out on this episode, which is uh, episode 24. And uh, so do have a look at the website, charitychat.org.uk and you'll find lots of information on there that might be of interest. Thanks ever so much for listening. Please do continue to support us. Like us when you can and uh, do get in touch with us with any views and any ideas on future shows and speak to you soon. Cheerio.